Hello and welcome to the first ever Gen Y Tall Poppies podcast. We are very excited to be bringing this new concept to you all. My name is Sarah Regalhuth and my co-host, who also happens to be my husband and business partner, is Finn Kelly. Hey guys, great to be kicking off this adventure. It's been a long time coming. I've had every excuse uh, under the world why we haven't done this, but it's nice to actually get started. Absolutely. Just so you know a little bit about us, our passion and purpose is to lead a values-based life free of societal and monetary pressures and limitations, and through our positive actions and influence, inspires others to do the same. We truly want to have an everlasting impact on this world, and we hope that this podcast is one of the ways that we can continue to share our message with you. Yeah, I guess Gen Y... Tall Poppies is a journey that we've only just begun and we have really high hopes for it and lots of exciting things planned for you all. But it's really just about helping our generation learn about money, business and leadership. And I guess why fulfilling your potential is the only way to live, which is what we both kind of prescribe to, don't we? Subscribe to. (laughs) So what are we going to be talking about over the next uh, few months here? Um, Well, over the next few months, we're probably going to talk about loads of different stuff. As I said, things like money, business, leadership, um, loads of stuff like that around how you can manage your personal wealth better, um, how you can run your business better, or even if you're working in a business, how you can be kind of more entrepreneurial and feel like you're more purpose more tied with your purpose to that business and talk about leadership, which again, it's, it's not just about leading people, but it's about self-leadership. Um, it's something that we talk with our team at Wealth Enhancers a lot about, and we've got a very entrepreneurial slash entrepreneurial team, but leadership is such an amazing skill um, that you can have both for yourself and for others. And it's not also not just in the workplace. I mean, you could be working with community organizations or sporting teams or all sorts of things, but it's definitely something we're both pretty passionate about. Definitely. And whenever I go see a speaker or someone asks us questions, they generally want to know, where did it start? What happened? How did you two get together? Um, And why have you gone on this journey together? So we thought we'd share a bit about our story today. Yeah, that's probably a good place to start. It's a pretty strange story. So how long ago did we meet now? Five years? Five years ago, It's nearly five years on the dot, actually. Actually, oh, it, it is. is. It's our five-year anniversary. <laughs> oh we didn't even realise. Second that's, of September. That's quite interesting. Um, <laughs> but I was an ex-army officer who was currently trading equities and foreign exchange, and I randomly got an invite to go to this financial conference. And I thought maybe it would be a good opportunity to meet some girls and have a bit of fun. And you want to say how you got there, sir? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'd been to that same conference many times before. Um, It's sort of a young financial advisors conference and it was a company that my dad, my late dad, had actually started and run. So I was attending, yeah, as I normally would and just really excited about getting around other young people in the financial services sector to learn what they're all doing and, you know, be part of that community. So yeah, meeting new people like I met you, but yeah. And it really was one of those moments. It sounds a bit cliche, but it was love at first sight. It we was. were sitting on a bus and I was by myself and I didn't know anyone. We we're going out to go kart, go karting. And we heard, I heard two girls in front of me who were both blonde girls, uh, <laughs> talking about this running race, which was a 250k running race, which I actually was, uh, looking to do. And I just, uh, excused introduced myself and asked them, are you talking about this race? And it really was just a bit of a love at first sight moment. I felt my heart sort of beat. Um, And from then, we've been pretty much inseparable. We were together the next week. We moved in together not so much long later. And then, lo and behold, we started a business six weeks later. Yeah, our our incorporation certificate was actually the 21st of October. So, obviously, we'd been planning the business before we actually received that certificate. So, I kind of think we must have been talking about it from like two weeks in. Definitely. 
And the funny thing is, like, everyone sort of goes, well, why did you start the business? And, yes, we saw an opportunity, but it really was. We were very in tune with each other, and we just wanted to spend more time together doing something that we really loved and believed in. And I think I think when we met, we did both have, you know, really specific ideas about how we would like to see financial services delivered. I don't know if you remember, we would talk always about that more specialist approach. So Finn was really um, into the investment side and high level of like you were trading currency and stock at the time. And you obviously knew a lot about the investment markets, which I wasn't as strong in. I'd always worked with an investment committee to fill that need in my financial advice. And I was really strong on the strategic side. And we originally just thought, imagine, if you rather than you know one advisor trying to do everything what about putting a team of specialists together to work for your clients as a team and deliver them that sort of best best practice across all disciplines kind mm. of advice and that's how we we ended up we started a company called wealth enhancers at the time but it's now been rebranded to we private and it was actually a private wealth management firm so a lot of people it, it probably is a bit confusing because we have a, a gen y financial advisory and coaching business now called wealth enhancers um but that business is actually only about two years old. When we first started, it was helping high net worths who were probably worth, I think, I mean, it's sort of two million to 40 million is kind of the space mm-hmm. we work in, manage their portfolios, plan for their retirements, um, do all the strategy around what they need to do for that next step of their life. And it was pretty crazy to think back then you were 24, I was 27, I think. Yep. Um, and we started this boutique private wealth management firm. I did end up with an older woman. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I don't know what happened there. I can't. Yeah. I that I did that we did that but anyway but it was really even though I was very investment focused it was really clear to me that this was in the heart of the GC that it wasn't about investments there I got frustrated that I had all these mates who were brokers who were losing uh, they were sort of focused on yes we were getting good returns to the clients but I was sort of like well why aren't you in the right structures why are they paying so much tax and then I also met a bunch of financial advisors who didn't understand why their clients were frustrated with them and leaving with them. And it was because they were positioning everything about their investments, even though they were giving great strategic advice. And it came really clear to me when I came across a few people who lost a lot of money in the GFC when they actually shouldn't have. And that was Mm. probably the most saddest thing. When I actually asked them, um, how much money did you have and what were you trying to achieve? They had everything they needed to meet all their goals. And that was the real clear thing. They didn't actually know what their goals were. Mm. They just kept on investing for the sake of it. And that's why with all our businesses and our whole philosophy, it's always going to be talking about your values and goals before your investment side of things. You just need to invest to be able to reach them. It's true. And I think from a strategic planning point of view, it was pretty silly to be making strategic plans for people when you didn't really know what they actually wanted Mm. to achieve. So, you know, I'd be creating these best practice plans for what I thought they should do based on what I could glean from them. But it was really tough trying to identify what are we actually working toward? Because I think for any plan, you know, not even, not just financial plans, but any goal, anything that you want to achieve in your life, you kind of got to know where you're headed and where you are now so that you can build that really clear plan of how you're going to get there. So, yeah. So let's talk about the little journey of our businesses. So we had that private client business and it was going really well. But what we found started happening was um, because we're Gen Y, 
our friends who were bankers, lawyers, doctors were starting to go, well, we want some advice. Mm. Uh, can we get it? But unfortunately, they didn't fit our business model because you needed actually a lot of wealth to be able to fit in our business model. Yeah, and I had, I'd brought a few, I had a few Gen Y clients where I'd just given them insurance advice or just a little bit of super advice or a little bit of savings, but sort of not looking at the whole picture. I was just helping my friends out who needed this and that. And I, I guess they sort of started the mm. journey. And then we, yeah, as you said, we got more of our friends asking us and we saw there is a need in there, that space. There definitely was a need and it was quite sad that we were having to turn away our friends and say we can't help you and then we realised well they asked well where can we go and it was sort of we actually don't know there is, <laughs> there is no nowhere. one specialising in this you can go see a bank but they're probably just going to sell you something um, so we went that's a bit of sad. We also saw that in our private client business, we talk about people who are wealthy. And when we talk about people who are wealthy, it's not about do they have a lot of financial assets. It's are they still in a loving relationship? Are they really happy with their life? Are they close to their friends? Are they fit? Are they mm. healthy? Um, and we realized that it wasn't about how much assets has. It was actually that they looked at a young age and they were always very clear about what they, what was important to them. What are they trying to achieve? We also saw that they always ran a budget, that evil word, the budget. <laughs> These wealthy people ran budgets because they wanted to know where their money was going. They didn't want to waste it. And they also got advice from a young age and continual advice, not like some of our doctor clients who would suddenly one day after 20 years of no advice decide, let's go try to do two millions of dollars of investments they had continuous advice so we went well we need to be start thinking about how can we build this sort of model for our for our younger generation i think i just want to cut you off there because i think that was probably a real wake-up call for me was you touched on it was when we realized that the wealthiest people don't actually waste money and i think we Mm. have this misconception about wealth and like we go oh okay people who are wealthy they just you know splash out all the time they look like they're living the good life something that i've learned over the years of being in finance is most of the time those are the people who aren't actually that wealthy because the ones that really achieve that wealth and we are talking about not just money but wealthy in life are people who don't waste money they spend money on things that they value they're really connected with that and i just think that's such an important takeaway from what we've learned and yeah i just wanted to kind of really highlight and we always that. share a story with our team whenever they're doubting what we do or, or potential uh, members about this one day and it always stood out to us that mm. we had two interactions with two different people one was a teacher who had never really earned anything over about 70 80 thousand oh, dollars their no, whole life like 60 yeah, yeah their whole life and then we had another who was a top uh specialist in a hospital for 30, 40 years, yeah. earning over $400,000 a year. And the sad thing was the teacher had over a million dollars in super and the uh, specialist had about two hundred fifty grand. It was 298000 I remember the exact amount. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just totally remember At least I wasn't exaggerating it. this time. No. <laughs> he does that sometimes. But, but it, I really remember that. It was 298000 and he was 64 and he wanted to retire. Yeah when he was 65 and we were just like um you You don't even have one year of income and on the other side the teacher we could actually go yep you can actually retire now we can create a portfolio which is going to meet all of your needs because they've got used to living on a lower amount for the rest of their life and both of them owned their own property and that was it they had Mm. their properties and their super funds and it was like wow you know that's a really stark stark contrast and it really shows you it's not what you earn it's what you do with your money that makes the biggest difference definitely so what happened was we thought well let's maybe we should start 
uh, trying to create a model where we can help our fellow generation Y because we are big believers that this generation, with all the criticism they get, it's actually unfair. We think you can be the greatest generation that we've ever seen in this world and there's so many things that we love about you, that you've been brought up on technology, that you're willing to question everything we do, you're willing to take risks, you're willing to sort of fight for what you believe in. But unfortunately, if you don't get these things right from a young age... It, it will stop you living your dreams. Yeah, I, th- I think it comes down to, I mean, we are we are Gen Y, us as well, and I think what it comes down to is it's this kind of instant gratification, instant kind of making things happen. And I actually think, as you said, that that's the best thing about our generation in a lot of regards. We push the boundaries, we dream big, and we go out there and we just make it happen like really quickly. We don't kind of wait and wait for the right moment or the right time we're willing to take risks we're willing to go for it but there's one area of our life where that really the instant gratification thing just does not work and that's with money because instant gratification basically means credit cards you know it means that you're spending more than you earn and that's probably where we saw that gen y's downfall is and and in all honesty still i was asking my team the other day when we were talking to a journalist i just shouted out to the office and i said what what do you think the rough percentage of um, our members that come on our gen y members have credit card debt and they were like i was like 80 percent. they were like 90 90 percent for sure like nearly every member and we're dealing with yeah high income earning people earning over two hundred thousand dollars sometimes high achieving gen y and nearly all of them have credit cards and you know there's no judgment on that I, i guess more i'm saying it because i want everyone to understand the the reality of where Gen Y is sitting. We actually do really care about our money. We really care about our futures. But due to that awesome side of our personality that just wants to go out there and get it and make things happen, you know, sometimes the area that gets let down by that strategy is, is the financial side. So, yeah, I mean... That's kind of what, what we started with and why we decided we wanted to launch Wealth Enhancers and, and really build this Gen Y offer. And it's been an amazing journey. We've helped sort of, I think we've helped over 150 young, high-achieving people now really get to the next level and really push some amazing boundaries. We've got some great stories that are coming out of that. And I'd love to actually do that on a podcast, maybe yeah, interview I think we'll some interview a few people successful about people. what they've done. Yeah, But I, I, I guess maybe we'll just share a little bit with you all a few of the other little things that we've done on our journey. Um, we're very much into business and entrepreneurship now. And probably some of the most exciting things we get to do now is invest in and sit on the boards of other startup organizations, um, which is really fun. We both love that because we're both very interested in that strategic planning side of businesses, that leadership and management side. Um, and, and one of oh, you, you, go you sort of generally find that we're investing in businesses that we really believe in and often mm. use ourselves. So uh, a lot of some of the businesses we've invested in recently, we were there with the star sort of clients at yeah. the age and we went, wow, this is something we believe in. So maybe we should put our money where, that, where our mouth is. Yeah. So I mean, we're not going to talk about them all on this, this episode, but just wanted to give you a bit of a background on who we are and what we're doing and the things we're juggling. But it's very fun and it's very exciting. Probably the most exciting um, little side journey that I've been involved in. And I want to talk about it because I think communities are really important. And um, the League of Extraordinary Women is a community that I started with three other young female entrepreneurs in 2011. Finn's been there with with me throughout the journey. He's been often the, the only man at one of our events. But yeah, it's basically... Not a bad place to be, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's basically a series of events and um, workshops and different things for young female entrepreneurs. And the whole idea of it is just to provide a community and a, a group of people who will be there and support you when you are on your, on your own starting your own business, because everyone knows it can be pretty tough out there. And 
there's loads of highs and loads of lows, just as many. And a day can have a day in itself can be a roller coaster when you're an entrepreneur. And I think the the best saying I love is the whole I don't know what it is. It's something like you give up working nine to five, working forty hours a week for someone else to have the freedom to work eighty hours a week for yourself, which mm-hmm. is the reality of it. But the league has grown from one event in Melbourne, which is all it was ever meant to be, to now eight cities in Australia running monthly events. We've got over ten thousand young women connected to our community and we've launched in the UK and South Africa and New York to come next year. So it's it's been a really exciting journey to have that alongside. But I wanted to talk about it because I really wanted to talk about the whole concept of a community. And um, today we wanted to talk about the name of the podcast, which is Tall Poppies, Gen Y Tall Poppies. And that's really come about because Wealth Enhancers, our Gen Y financial advisory and coaching business, has become a community. And it's become mm. a community of tall poppies because that's that's who we've always been working with. We've been working with these sort of high income earning, high achieving, high performing, really driven, motivated Gen Y, people who want to live this values-based life like we were talking about for ourselves um, and we've just built this community and we've kind of it, it became a bit of a joke around the office I guess this whole tall poppies and concept. it was also the fact that we, we love challenging the status quo and unfortunately in the sort of monetary world we're not comfortable talking about it mm. and we don't try to help each other and what we found is that we had all these successful people who were dominating certain areas of their life but they weren't going very well in this area because they'd never been taught about it mm. so that's when we went well let's actually get out there and share stories let's make go it's fine being a tall poppy because yeah. that's what we want to be. Let's not do the normal thing what Australians do and bring each other down. Yeah. Let's celebrate success. And be a part of the we community, the Wealth Enhancers community, which is a community of tall poppies. Be a part of that and we'll all support you together rather than trying to pull you down, which you may be finding sometimes in your life. And for anyone who's listening in, in other countries, not Australia, you know, I know that it's it's definitely a really cultural thing here in Australia and it's not necessarily a cultural thing all over the world, but it, it, it's basically that concept of when you start achieving things when you start doing well when your star starts shining brightly those around you who you would think would support you and encourage you we often find here in Australia that they kind of bring you down or look for holes in your story or why try to find ways why you've been successful that's really just an excuse I guess for them for not getting off their own butts and doing something about it that's what Definitely. I always think and that's about. something we want to share because we get a lot of criticism sometimes and in a weird way and I'll talk about how I share it but we want to talk about um, how different people deal with criticism and the way I generally deal with it is if I get criticism, I know that I'm doing something well because it means it's causing controversy. Sarah has a completely yeah. different way of dealing with criticism. That's something which we want to get across, that we all have different ways and you've got to work out what really works for you. Yeah, I love that you're so like able to just go, oh, yes, that article I write is getting all this attention because it's really controversial and look at some of the hate mail I'm getting. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, if that happened to me, I'd be like, in a ball in the corner of the room, just like rocking backwards and forwards going, oh my God, everyone hates me. <laughs> it doesn't mean I always want to get criticism, no. but it just is a general feel that I'm like, well, that's what I can control. The only thing I can control is my reaction to it. So I'm going to try to put a positive uh, spin on it. Absolutely. And that's definitely something that I admire about you and that I have, I guess, learnt to take on as much as I can. And I do, I'm definitely a lot better than I used to be about dealing with criticism and, mm. you know, not letting it get me down. But it is hard. And I mean, I was at, we had one of our league breakfasts this morning and we were chatting. It was such a great breakfast. It was just amazing. I walked away just feeling so inspired. But it was funny because we were chatting the the kind of the committee and the, the crusader and the girls that do it. We were talking afterwards about how we'll, 
for all of the positive feedback and all of the buzz in the room, of course, we're going to get some kind of criticism. And it'll be one thing. It'll be something like, oh, the fruit was a bit brown or something like that. But it's so hard because you'll have 20 messages or tweets or Facebooks or whatever saying how amazing and inspiring the event was, but you'll focus on, oh my God, the fruit was brown. What are we going to do? Should we change venues? You know, you get really fixated on that stuff. And that's something that I've learned to, you know, I'll chat with you about it, Finn, and like, just try to step away from the situation and go, okay, how much value do I need to place on that criticism? How much value do I need to place on that? I think, and and how much do I respect the person that it's coming from? And that is the really unfortunate thing. We're sort of wired, hardwired to always focus on the negative Mm. side of things. You look at the media, all we see is negative stuff because that's what we're we're conditioned to. We we feed on that stuff. And I just saw an interesting example. Someone was telling me that uh, a John Grisham book they were looking at, there was 12,000 reviews and most of them were positive and sort of three reviews from the most recent one, it was a negative one. And I just sort of laughed. I went, well, how could that one person and do a negative uh, review. Yeah, it yeah. was just an amazing thing. But you do have those things, and I don't think John Grisham would focus no, on that negative review. You've got I'm to block sure that he's out. Sorted that out by now. <laughs> um, well, not necessarily. Some yeah, people. Yeah, you, you chat to a lot of. We have a lot of sports players. Mm. They now don't read the news news because it's just not worth it. Everyone always wants to bring other people down. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably something that I've loved about the we community, how it's formed, because it sort of it sort of has formed on its own a little bit. And I was chatting with Ryan, one of our um, goals and values specialists up in Sydney this morning as well, and we were talking about how amazing it is to be part of the community. Like even though we are, I guess, the ones who created it, it kind of created itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a part of the we team and, and being able to get around our members and, you know, we have a meeting with them or they come to an event or whatever, and it's just so inspiring and so nice to be around other people. You, you almost forget when you surround yourself by all those amazing people what it's like to not and to be around other people I was actually driving in this morning and I never listen to the radio we'll talk about our philosophies on life in a minute but one of the things is we don't watch the news we don't really watch tv and I never listen to the radio in the car and for some reason this morning I had my gps on and I don't know I normally would put a podcast on but I just chucked the radio on and it was like I don't even know what it was but it was people were calling in the segment was, this was the segment, call in and complain about a celebrity or something that you don't think is very good. So someone rang in about some celebrity who's, someone's donated their eggs or they've donated their eggs or something like that. And this girl just rang up and was like, oh, I just would not donate my eggs. I just don't know why anyone would do that. I think it's disgusting. And I just don't know how anyone would do it. And I was just thinking, is this really what we listen to on the radio every day? Like people, a segment for you to call up and criticize what other people are doing in their lives. I was just like, oh my goodness, that is not what I want to be around. So I'm very glad that I immediately backed that up with the League of Extraordinary Women breakfast because that wiped that memory pretty quick. So some philosophies on our life. Yeah, so let's talk about that. We've already sort of shared our purpose and that's something which we, we constantly keep looking at. We, we think it's so important to have a clear purpose and we, we have this painted picture exercise that we recently did with our team and we do recently and we're sending it to a lot of our members and we can share that if you want. But it's just a, this exercise to get you clear on what you want in life. Yeah, it's a great exercise. It basically goes through your values, your personal brand, like how you would want to almost be described by someone if they were if they were talking about you. And it's, you know, people think personal brand, that that means you have to be going out there and, you know, becoming someone famous. And it's not that. It's more just imagine if it's your brand within your company or within your organization that you work in or even within your friendship group, like how would you be described um, by someone when they were talking about you? And then we do the purpose, like what's mm. your actual purpose? But I think the best bit about it is that bio. So it's like, basically going forward three or four years and writing your bio as if it was the future. 
Mm, it's quite powerful. And values-based living is another concept that we really love. Mm. And our sort of whole philosophy at We and the way we live life is is that if you want to have a chance of happiness, you need to be really clear on what your values are and also in the order of priority. So you make sure that you're spending adequate time. And I always give the examples that if something which is really important to you is health and fitness and because of stress at work and, and busy with kids or something like that, you never do the, the fitness thing, eventually you're going to feel really off and not on your game and you're just not going to be happy with life. So make sure you understand these things and, and give adequate time to each. That's probably a good sort of segue into our whole one life mm. concept and the whole like being in business. Do you want to talk about that? Because I think you're really good at explaining that. Yeah, so uh, there's this sort of big trend at the moment. Everyone's wanting this work-life balancing and it, it makes me cringe when I hear it because when you when you put work-life balance, what it's basically saying is that work is completely different from your life. Mm. Work is this horrible place where your life is this amazing, amazing yeah, life place. life starts at 5 p.m. Yeah, when you and get I to go, walk out the door. Let's face it, most of the time during the day you're at work. So if it's not life, well, I feel sorry for you. And then mm. the other third of your life you're in bed, so that life period is a couple of hours <laughs> a day. So I yeah. go, let's throw that out the door and just have the concept of maybe we should just live one life. And that involves... Your time at work involves your time relaxing at home, involves your time doing fitness, and it's just about how do we get the things that we're really passionate about and align them with this, the one life world. And if there's certain areas that you're not happy with, maybe we should we should cut it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I just think it's so true, and I think even more so for Gen Y. Like we really want to live this purpose driven. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to go to work and hate it, but the reality is most of most people do. I won't mm-hmm. say most of us because I don't think us, the people that are listening to this podcast, the people in my life do that. But a lot of society do just go to work and trudge through and just go home and, as you say, their, their life starts for that just that two or three hours. And then they're so negative, they spend those few hours being negative anyway. But it's also often because they've got a lack of clarity why they're at work. Mm. Um, I remember this one situation in our private business where we had a young person well, in their sort of 40s who was very successful and they were miserable, they were not having a good relationship and it all came down to that they thought that they had to work because they needed more money. And when we actually worked through everything, they actually had enough mm. money to meet all their goals. And lo and, and I just said, quit your job. You can actually do it. Lo and behold, he didn't quit his job because he realized, <laughs> no, he actually quite liked that. Mm. And he had it now he realized he had the choice to do it. Suddenly it was a different experience for him. Yeah, how liberating is that? Definitely. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, obviously to us as well, I think we should probably start wrapping up some of our philosophies and I feel like we could do a podcast on each one and into detail. Yeah, but, you know, health and fitness and exercising, not just your body but your mind is something that is really important to us and and we just sort of do that every single day alongside our positivity exercise, which is something that we do every morning. But I'm going to actually – I was going to talk about it, but I'm actually going to keep that one up Mm -hmm. our sleeve and we might might do a whole episode on that because that's been really life-changing for us. So you're just going to have to come back and listen to more episodes. Um, so next episode, we're going to talk about the get rich slow philosophy, which is um, philosophy that I wrote about in my first book, um, Get Rich Slow. And it's really everything that we do at Wealth Enhancers. It's everything that we've built um, that we use for our members. But it's also what Finn and I have been doing personally in terms of wealth creation ourselves over the last five years since we knew each other. I mean, I guess we were both sort of doing some of those things before we met as well, but it's really 
what we've come together and what we've created. And it's, it's a philosophy, it's a framework. And let me tell you, it really does work. It's been life-changing for us and it's been life-changing for all of the members that have kind of come on board with we and, and the things that we've seen them all achieve has just been absolutely incredible. So we thought that would be a really good place to start for our, our first I guess, I guess this is our first podcast, but a, a really our official podcast. And it's something that we always get asked about and, and asked to talk about. So we're going to do a whole episode on that. So we, yeah, really looking forward to that one. And in the meantime, if you have any feedback on this podcast, both good and bad, we actually do love feedback because we're constantly in the uh, focus on improving ourselves. Just yeah, I promise us- I, I won't rock in the corner if you give us something <laughs> negative. <laughs> well, I won't later anyway. <laughs> but just drop us a line. Probably the fastest way is to do through the contact page on the WE website. It's www.wealthenhancers.com.au. And, of course, please follow us on Wealth Enhancers Twitter and also my Twitter handle is at the Fin Review and Sarah's is at Sarah Regalhuth. Send us a tweet and use the hashtag, hashtag Gen Y Tall Poppies. Look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks, guys. See you, everyone.